You are welcome to the teaching ministry of Nelson Ihiagwa. Be stirred as you listen. Alright, so let's look at something very quickly. What is worship? What is worship? It's very important. Let's, let's break your Bible. Let me sound like a deliverance preacher. Break your Bible to Genesis 22.5. The reason we are starting from here is because in Bible homonautics or Bible interpretation, there is such a thing called the law of first mention. Say first mention. If you've not been tuning into Let's Talk Bible every Thursday by 9 p.m. or Mixla, you will see me in your dreams. Amen? Amen. Alright. So we've been looking at the law of Bible interpretation for seven weeks now. Promise, am I right? Seven weeks. All the messages are on the Telegram channel. You could do well to listen. The law of first mention basically is um, the way a word is first used in a book is the way the word is usually used. So how many of us read the book Purple Hibiscus? Give Jesus a wiper. Okay? So in, you don't open the middle of Purple Hibiscus and um, you don't, you don't uh, read Purple Hibiscus. You just open the middle and you see a babe called Kambili. And you just assume that you know who Kambili is. It doesn't work that way. Am I correct? So you basically have to go from the beginning of the book to know who Kambili is. And then the way Kambili is spoken of is definitely who Kambili is going to be throughout the book except otherwise stated. Am I correct? So also when it comes to Bible hermeneutics, the law of first mention is actually used to understand what a particular word is. A lot of people, when they want to define the word, I know. I think, how many of us were in the last um, Let's Talk Bible? Wave, wave, wave. Let me, let me wave. What was the word we looked at? Holy, right? Now, the word holy, if you look at the Bible or the dictionary, a lot of people use dictionary terms to define Bible words. And uh, like the songwriter said, Kolewek, are you with me? So, you don't define it that way because the dictionary has its own meaning of things. That meaning, the dictionary is updated every time, right? So, you see the 13th, um, 13th, uh, something of the Longman Dictionary. Thank you, edition. Now, that's a generation. The 13th edition of the Longman Dictionary, the 12th edition, because the definition of words change over time. But if you're going to understand what the Bible is talking about, you must understand it. Please, if anyone is coming in, let them come forward and fill up the spaces, okay? And let's limit moving around. It's very distracting. You're breaking my flow. If anyone is going to... Um, words change. So if you're going to define a word that's used in the Bible, you're going to have to define it with the meaning that it was said at that time. So, when you are defining the word holy, the word holy for the dictionary means moral excellence. But for the Bible, even though moral excellence stems from holiness, moral excellence primarily is not what holiness is. Are you with me? So, a lot of people think a holy person is somebody who is not trying to sin. But God is not trying to sin, yet he is holy. So, you know what? Just go on the Telegram channel and listen to on Thursday, we're going to do Law of First Mention Part 2. Amen? Amen? So we're looking at worship. And we're going to define what worship is from the Bible standpoint. So the first place the word worship is used is Genesis 22.5. Are you there? If you're not there and you said yes, you are going to hell. Because you just like, please, I'm joking. Oh. I realize some people can take it seriously. It's like we'll be having this meeting on Sunday. We're now coming your Sunday best looking pink. 
Papu heard her sing, I will not call your name. Look left, look right. Look left again, then cross the road. Praise the Lord. Hey, that person said the hallelujah will pass you. <laughs> hallelujah is from inside. He said, and Abraham said unto his young men, abide ye here with the ass. And you see, this is what I'm saying. You have to use the language. Imagine somebody contemporary read this. <laughs> okay. If you don't get it, it's fine. <laughs> abide ye here with the ass. And, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again. The word worship here is shaka. Mm. Like Tupac. Mm. Anyways. <laughs> the word worship here is shaka. It basically means to depress or basically and the, to the word depressed there figuratively means to bow in reverence of something. Okay? In reverence of something. So here we basically see Abraham said, We'll go and do what? Worship. We'll go and worship. But they knew that he was talking of what? Sacrifice. Are you with me? So there was a. When he told them we are going to worship and they knew he carried things for sacrifice, they understood that when he said worship, he meant sacrifice. Okay, but let's look at the second place he's used it to give us a hint as to how the word is usually used. Genesis 24 26. He said, And the man bowed down his head and worshipped the Lord. Okay, so now, first of all, we get to understand that the sacrifice was not the sacrifice, rather, was not just sacrifice, the sacrifice was used to what worship the bowing down. Okay was not let me see let me be sure i'm not going ahead of myself okay the bowing down was not just um, laying down i mean anybody can prostrate when you bow to greet your father you're not worshiping him are you are you okay if you are don't worry it's fine we do deliverance too <laughs> okay it's um it's not the the animal was worship. The bowing down also was worship. So basically what this lets us understand is worship is reverence, but yet worship always had, has a corresponding action. Guys, are you with me? There is an action that usually flows out before it is called what? Worship. Please follow me. We are going, this is Bible study. We are going somewhere. For Abraham... It was sacrifice that they knew was called worship. Even um, to the golden calf, there was sacrifice that was called what? Worship. When the um, prophets of Baal were, you know, the 400, 400, 400 prophets of, 450 prophets of Baal and the 450 prophets of the groups, when they were standing before um, their altar and they were cutting themselves, that is what? Worship. So, their worship was sacrifice. And consistently, you see, he bowed his head and worshipped the Lord. Bowing was also what? Worship. So, worship, like I said before, has a what? Corresponding action. But there is something Jesus said, which is very profound, which actually is the New Testament definition of worship. A lot of people misunderstand or do not understand what this particular verse means. Go to John chapter 4, verse 20. 
Are you there? John 4 20. Our fathers, this is now um, the woman at the at the well. Amen. He said, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. Jesus had a habit of breaking people's hearts with doctrine. He said, what do you mean? He said, our fathers worshipped in this mountain. He said, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. So, Jesus had been talking with her and she's saying, this is what you are trying to say. Are you saying that um, our fathers have worshipped here, they were wrong. And you are saying that Jerusalem is the place of worship. The Bible says, Jesus said unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Hold on. A lot of people don't understand. Can you hear me? Please pay attention. Some of you, your mind is wandering. A lot of people don't understand. You know, when you come for worship meetings, they say, oh, the Father seeks those who worship him in spirit and in truth. And when they say worship in spirit, they mean a posture of the heart. And truth. But that's not what this verse... Jesus, the hour cometh. So it means that this is not going to be indefinite. Are you with me? Most of the things that Jesus spoke about, that he gave a, a future tense to, that he gave future tense to, most of those things were really um, going to be fulfilled at the giving of the Spirit. Or at his resurrection. I'm heading somewhere. So, Jesus telling her this. He said, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. Do you know what Jesus was saying? Jesus telling her that, the hour is coming where you neither worship at this mountain nor in Jerusalem. Do you know what Jesus was telling her? He was telling her, you are still thinking physical location. You are missing the point. Are you with me? He's saying you are still thinking physical location. You are missing the point. The time is coming when it will not be about the place you are worshipping. So she is saying, our fathers worship on this mountain. But you are saying Jerusalem. Of course, she's saying you are saying Jerusalem because he was a Jew. He said, but you are saying Jerusalem. Why are you talking like this? And Jesus is saying, Jerusalem or mountain or it's not about both of them. Have you seen when two people are arguing and they come to you to um, say, which of us, which, who, and this guy said this, this is what I'm saying, what do you think? Both of you are wrong. Look at this. Jesus said, ye worship, ye know not what. Okay? He said, he said, we know what we worship. For salvation who is of the who. Do you remember when Jesus also said, Jesus said, um, Jesus said that, um, how did Jesus put this now? He said, I'm not sent to anyone except to the lost sheep of who? Of Israel. Why did Jesus say that? It was because, if you read Romans 9, you understand that the Jews were the people that the oracles of God were given to. Okay? And then, he gave it to the Jews. And in giving the oracles of God to the Jews, he basically was preaching the gospel in a type to them. But because he said in Hosea, I have chased out after a stubborn and gainsaying people. 
He said he has gone to the Gentiles, so he will provoke them to jealousy. Okay? Now, Jesus also said the gospel will spread from Jerusalem to what? Judea to what? The ends of the earth. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. And that is actually the progress, progression of the gospel. The cause, and this is where Calvinists miss, miss it when they read Romans 9 10. They think that the elect is God has chosen some people that will be saved and some people that will not be saved. No. Israel were the elect of God. They were, this is the name Israel, God's own people. They were God's sovereign choice. Oh, ah, I just remember a verse. He used, to, he used to tickle my inside because God said, He told Pharaoh, He said, You have taken my firstborn, I will take your own. Israel was God's own integrity to protect. That is why irrespective of what faith they had or did not have, eh, he kept them through the journey. Praise the Lord. So we look at Israel and then in reading that, the Bible says, speaks of Israel being the elect of God. Israel messed up. The Bible now said, he said in Hosea, I will call them my people which are not my people. So he moved to the Gentiles. He said, and that's what he was talking about in Romans 10, 11, where he said, he, the wild vine will he graft in. He will put them inside. As if they have always been his choice. And that is what he did for us. So he, he chose that it is from, it's from the Jews. The gospel will reach out to the Gentiles so that the Jews also will believe. Are you with me? So even in God choosing, having preference to the Israelites, he was showing kindness towards Gentiles. I, I said I had to explain this. When Jesus said, uh, where did we read now? Um, brrr, okay. Okay. He said, for you know not what we worship. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. Look at this. He now said, but the hour cometh. Are you there? Please follow me. The hour cometh and what? Now is when the who? True worshippers shall worship the Father in what? Spirit and in what? Truth. For the Father seeketh such to do what? Worship him. So a lot of people don't get this. When he says, um, who worship the Father in spirit and in truth? For the Father seeketh such to worship him. See, when, you, when I read this, do you know what popped in my head? When he said, um, the Father uh, seeketh such to worship him. What popped in my head was that verse when Jesus said, um, or when Paul rather said that God had no pleasure in the sacrifice of bulls and goats. So everything they did in the Old Testament, it was not, that's not what God was looking for. That was just typification or it was to preach the gospel in a type to them. Are you with me? It was to preach the gospel in a type to them. So he said, but the, um, but the argument and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Look at what he now says. God, or after this to explain what he was saying earlier. He said, God is a spirit. And they that must worship him must what? Worship him in spirit and in truth. Listen. Typification was never God's plan. Are you with me? Typification actually is a pointer to what is true. 
So typification cannot be true. Guys, do you get this? When he was talking of... Um, 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 okay, I'm looking at my clock. I'm on time. When he was talking of um, those who worship him in spirit and in truth. Let me paint another scenario to you. Do you remember when Paul was saying that he sustains all and is sustained by none? When Paul was speaking and Paul said, you know, pastor said something very important during MBC. We should start ranking Paul high. You know, we rank Socrates, Aristotle, that said to know or not to know. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Hmm, egg. The chicken or the egg? Which came first? God said, I made them all. All these guys, they all had questions about eternity, but Paul had the answer. Anyways, he sustains all, but he's what? Sustained by none. And then he says, the God who made everything, who will, will, will you build me a house? In fact, Solomon knew that God did not dwell in temple made with hands. It was an Old Testament revelation. That if he made the whole world, if the heaven is his throne, and the earth is his fusu, along with Toby, you know, he's so big, the heavens is his throne, the earth is his footstool. What house will you make for me? You know that song? Ah, this key you are playing, if I attempt it, my voice box will come out. You understand? And that is saying, you are the place prepared for me. You are the place of my rest. I am the Lord. I am enthroned on night. So now, um, that verse, when he said, for, look at this, it is very instructive that Jesus said, the father seeks those who worship him, how? In spirit and in truth. What is the next thing he says after he explains what he meant by that? God is what? A spirit. The way that blood of bulls and goats could not atone eternally for something that was spiritual nothing physical can hold the all spiritual god is the same way that true worship has to stem from something that is born of his material you're gonna do that like that <laughs> true worship has to be something that is born of the spirit because god is what a spirit Everything that happened in the Old Testament was what? Typification. It was type and what? Shadow. God knows when we'll finish by, um, laws of Bible hermeneutics on Lester time. But I have plans to do um, I think I, what did I call it? I think I called it sketches and something. Isha, a teaching on um, typification. We'll probably do 15 part series. Go run now. It's a long teaching because type and shadow is plenty for Bible. Amen. So, typification was a point that would that. So, God is a spirit, and then that was worshiping must what? Worship him how? In spirit and in truth. This next verse I'm about to quote will buttress what I said earlier. Philippians 3 from verse 1. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Philippians 3.1 Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. He said to write the same things to you, indeed, it is not grievous, but for you it is what? Safe. He said, beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers. Beware of the 
concision. The people he was talking about when he said the concision are the Jews. They are the Jews. He said, for we are the circumcision. Are you, are you with me? Guys, are you with me? As a matter of fact, when Jesus said, worship in spirit and in truth, worship in spirit is true worship. Amen. Worship in spirit is true worship. So, he said, for we are the circumcision. Now, if you look at the verse that he was talking about, if you look, read down, he, was to, he said Christ has become his righteousness. If he had much to boast about, he himself had a lot. You know, and when he says beware of the circumcision, the people that were telling them that you need to fulfill the demands of the law to be saved. Hence, he told them beware of them. The apostles were very loud on false doctrine. Against false doctrine. So he said, for we are the circumcision which worship God in what? Which worship God in what? Look at this. We are the true worshippers. Are you with me? When Jesus said the hour cometh and now is, it was after his death. We were going to be that product. We were going to be the true worshippers. True worship is not when you are lifting up hands and you are crying. God is, cannot be emotionally blackmailed. Do you understand? He cannot be emotionally blackmailed. I will come to something later. If you want to hate me, hate me today. We'll fight. Because I'll, I'll say some things that will touch your feelings. Glory. You can't hate me, Jerry. If you hate me, you don't know me well. It's true. Ask James now. You can't but like me. Come on, shut up. Jerry. He says, we are the circumcision, we worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus. And what? Have no what? So when he said, beware of the, of the concision, they are the people that have confidence in the what? Flesh. And they are the people who are not true worshippers. Glory. Glory, oh. Listen, what we do, let me read it how I wrote here. What we do in reverence to God is true because our worship is derived from the same material as Him. Our worship is what? Born how? Of the Spirit. Amen. Our worship is what? Born of the Spirit. Our worship is born of the Spirit. Glory to God. So let me Romans 12 1. He said, Present your bodies a what? Holy, acceptable unto God. First of all, you need to understand everything as pertains and as touching the Christian faith is born of the Spirit. Because it is He that is at work in you. Both to what? Will and to do of His what? Good pleasure. He does not just desire you to do those things. Of course, because your heart has been changed, it's not just desire, he gives you ability to do. Amen. 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 He said, present your bodies a living sacrifice holy. Accept this is your reasonable 
think another translation says acts of worship. It's a reasonable worship. The things we now do because of what he has done is a true show of who we are. Is our worship. Amen. You see, Paul was speaking when he was talking about them giving him the... Um, he was talking to the church at Philippi, I think. When he was talking about them giving to him. And he said it came to God as a sweet smelling savour. So the things that we do in response from giving to even the way we live is worship to him. And these are not things that are done with a physical essence. They are things that are born of the spirit. Glory to God. So that is why you nah, I don't want to enter into this. So everything from our giving to our living to mm, our giving to our living to everything we do, all we are and all we have is worship to him. Praise the Lord. Go to Colossians 6. I had to explain that very important. I was wondering my mind. Colossians 3, that's what I said. Colossians 3, 16. Are you there? Read like a mass choir. One, the A part. One, two, go. Stop. Read it again. One, two, go. HIV only. Read again. One, two, go. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Ah. What is that thing? I showed you need B part. A part, Tito. He said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, this book was not written to individuals like Philemon, um, Titus, Timothy. It was written to an entire church. And he said, let the word of Christ. So a lot of people don't understand what he means by the word of Christ. They can think that the word of Christ is anything that is in the Bible. No. The Bible has to be rightly divided. So when he says the word of Christ, what he meant by that was words pertaining to the gospel. The death, burial, and resurrection. Because that's what he had been teaching them. Amen. So he said, let it dwell in you richly. And how will this happen? Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual song, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. Um, so basically what he's trying to tell us is that songs are lyrical theology. Our songs can be teachings. Our songs should be able to communicate the doctrines of Christ. Are you with me? You see, when you listen to hymns, I, when I went to preach in Badagrisha, he don't went with me. And the guy who, I don't know, they just picked one guy to lead the opening worship before I came up because it was a camp meeting. So I entered for this session. Camp meeting, nobody has time for opening prayer worship. No time. Just do it and you come and preach. The guy, the guy just... The guy just started. He sang, he now sang in Christ alone. I said, Who be this? <laughs> this, and I, I told you it was something. I said, This song, 
is when people, or when the song was written, was when people used to still read their Bible to write song. You know, now you can sing anything as far as you are feeling the presence. It's okay. It's okay. But he said, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Look, I wrote this down. I, I think I, I heard this from a man of God. He said, any God you worship the way you like, you are its God. Any God you worship the way you like, you have become its God. You cannot say it's the heart that matters. No. In the time of ignorance, God winked at. That's called omen. No. You cannot say, you know, I, I'm just sincere before. Sincerity is not enough. Paul said in Romans, and he said, I bear my kinsmen according to the flesh. I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. He said they wish that he could be accursed so that they would be saved. That is how heavy and how serious it is. A man can be in church all, the, all his life. He, he, has, he had never heard the gospel. Devout but not saved. He's sad. I was with Daniel in Abuja. And Daniel was telling me how he was coming back from church. He, took, he was coming back from somewhere. He took a boat on a Sunday evening. On Sunday afternoon, it was by 8 p.m. His boat driver was just leaving church. You know, he was still dressed in his suit and tie. And he said, oh, this guy will be protocol. So he started talking to him. He said, so how are you doing, sir? So uh, do you go to church? He said, ah, I'm just leaving church. I'm protocol. I'm, you know, he was not trying to. He said, okay, so talk to me. What is the gospel? The guy has not heard the word gospel. Mm. Shock you, have you? He has not heard. But he was not explaining. He said, I know these things now, but. Yeah. <sighs> it's as serious as this. Papa Higgins said something that will sound like a shade to a lot of people. He said, if the church did the job probably and properly, we would not need Bible schools. Bible schools are an intervention plan. Amen. I like the way everywhere is solemn now. God is moving. So worship, i.e. reverence to God, in as much as he has corresponding actions, it must stem from a proper place of knowledge. Are you with me? It must stem from a proper place of knowledge. Not just knowledge. It must come from, it must be, um, I want to say excusable, but that's not the word. It must be permissible, that's the word, within the proper boundaries and parameters of doctrine. Hey, wisdom wants to murder me. So worship is not anyhow. It must be done properly within the boundaries of doctrine. So if you are singing a song, you say the sick are getting healed. It's not good enough. As important as the sick get, because can I tell you something? The, the greatest promise in Christianity is not the sick getting healed. It's not even the dead coming back to life. And um, you know, at intervals. It's the coming of Jesus. Is our hope. Is our hope. And let me say this here. Listen. We need to understand 
that as good as God is, he is still sovereign. Amen. Let me tell you the truth on that thought. I lie not. I feel very polite. Let me tell you the truth. Listen, there are things that will happen. If they have not happened, they will happen. Things that will happen that you cannot explain, that will be painful, but you have to still judge God faithful. The Bible gives us the Bible gives us um, instances of understanding the fact that God heals. But yet, the Bible still lets us understand that even when he does not heal, he's still good. We will judge him faithful. When Paul says rejoice, again I say rejoice. In that book, he talked of the perils he had to go through for the sake of ministry. Paul talked of the victories that he had in Christ. He said in all things, he spoke of how he was victorious and all that. But you know what he had spoken? He said a day and a half on the, on the, on the sea. He said he had been robbed many times. Paul, Paul, Revel, Paul, Johnson, Apostle. He had, been, he had been robbed. Many evil things had happened to him, yet... See, we cannot be an Indomie generation. We cannot, our conviction cannot be, we cannot be lily-livered or spineless. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where any small shaking, if there is no God, what is wrong with you? And that is why we are not just to, we are not just to, um, in quotes, love God. We are to love him properly. So also, when you say God is good, what do you mean? Everybody sings song. Oh, this God is good. How? How did he show his goodness? This God is love. How? If you think that the goodness of God is clearly expressed in money, cars, and houses, you have missed it. If you think that his love is expressed when you are going through good times, you have missed it. His love is consistent. It's circumstances that change. For God in this manner showed his love that he gave his only begotten son. Romans 8, 5. Are you there? Turn your Bible. Romans 5, 8. Mm. I will sing it now as you have brought it up. I have no, 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 no other God but you. I have no, 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 other God but you. Are you there? Romans 5, 8. Are you there? Read like a mass choir, KJV only. Three, two, one, go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, that is actually the explanation of John 3, 16. So does not mean quantity. So means manner. So, God commended his love. This is how God showed his love. If you define God's love beyond in any other scope apart from this, your view of God's love is myopic. And if you define God's love by when things are going well and when things are not going well, you have missed it. Your understanding of God's love will never be steadfast. It will always fluctuate. Always fluctuate. Listen, you need to understand that worship is actually part of worship is knowing who God is. 
so that in knowing him your your the things that you do can flow properly when people think that i give to god so he can give me a hundredfold increase at that point your worship is deformed and you won't blame them is what they've heard other god but you is what they've heard we will call you jaira because you are a provider and we will call you healer no daddy abba father my brother it's your song you will help us eventually <laughs> i know somewhere there's a band Okay, you have removed it. Is that the okay? Let me know oh, my announcement. You will make your announcement. Okay. So worship need worship needs to be given properly. What's time? I'm enjoying this message so much. I like the way people are looking at me like this. I like eh? On top of worship. Any God you worship how you like, you are his God. Any God you worship how you like is Arushi. <laughs> In fact, you don't even worship Arushi how you like. There's a protocol. Do you understand? You have to approach Arushi with calabash at a 90 degree angle. Otherwise, leprosy. So, there is a way things are. Why do you think they tell people it's prescription? You carry calabash. Grown man! They will say you will be naked at midnight with two children. They say you drop it at the T-junction for the terrestrial spirits. Hey! God, if I talk to native doctors, they will want to beat me. I'm serious. I will help them see the folly in what they are doing. Because they cannot strike me. I kill people. Well, I don't. It's in Christ. I'm in Christ. But at least you can be paralyzed. Because, please, my brother, <laughs> angelic ministry is real. Let's not fight here. Exactly, Paul said it. You'll be blind for a season. Glory. Our songs. Let me say how I wrote here. Our songs, which are a show of our worship. Listen, the, our songs are not for singing sake alone. Amen? Amen. Our songs are not for singing sake alone. Our songs are to show our worship. Praise the Lord. They are to show our worship to God. And they must be within the parameters of doctrine. The Holy Spirit is on the throne. Is he? Isn't you wondering what rubbish you are singing? He's, he, is he on the... And then, this is how mental modeling is bad. We'll come and say Christ is in you. Shadow <gasps> <Child of> God. <laughs> know ye not. You see, the Greek word for know, the Greek word for ye, and the Greek letter for N is this. He said, Know ye not that your body shake your neighbor and say, Body. We know it, but then we'll still sing it. The Holy Spirit is on the. He's not. He's in you wondering what you are singing. Sometimes they do like the Holy Ghost will just come out and say, Ah, I'm where? Celebrate MD for me. 
our songs should their lyrical theology we are not they are not vibes listen i've realized if you want to know what somebody believes give him the mic let him sing spontaneous song not not um they should not sing songs we know like oh need to do me not that not like that is you that know what you are doing you know i just said song okay only do run me show all right so focus <laughs> so I'm not cuckoo a Yoruba singer. That's my own. <laughs> so, you you understand what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> um, 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 I've lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Thank you. If you give somebody spontaneous song to sing for five minutes, five minutes, he will yam packs. You will know what he truly believes. You will know. Just tell him, no, 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 talk slow with the keyboard, flow, sir. By the time he sing one, two, you say, hmm. Mm. Ah, what's he? When somebody climbs, say, come, 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 Holy Ghost, come. Ah, hey, hey, you know that uh, over the bar. Where is he? He's not a guest minister. Jonathan, you came with him. God is here because we are here. Are you with me? Our songs are to be within the parameters of doctrine. So if you're going to take anything from here, you understand. Uh, Pastor Maya defined it this way. He said, worship is anything we use to show the world that we belong to Jesus. Is any action that we take to show the world we belong to Jesus. So our right living, our giving, our, our conduct, the way we treat other believers, everything is worship to God. And um, um, like Pastor Sam said, Pastor Sam said, God is not agnostic on any matter. God's word has something to say on matters. That's why as it pertains to God's word, you cannot run on vibes. The word has something to say. God has something to say. Hallelujah. God. Sing it now, I'll with you. Okay. Listen, listen. Pay close attention for God. So, you study your Bible because he does have something to say. Toby, see me after this meeting. It's like there's a secondary school you went to. We need to talk about that secondary school. <laughs> Amen. God does have something to say. The reason we study is so that we can worship properly. The reason we study is so we can, our worship can be accurate. If your doctrine is wrong, your worship will be wrong. If your doctrine is wrong, your relationship with God will be wrong. I've heard many stories of people who have stayed on the mountain, very prayerful people. They were on the mountain for days to weeks to months. They are praying for forgiveness. Forgiveness that is the present day reality of the man in Christ. They are asking for it. Because their doctrine is wrong. Their worship is wrong. Their reverence to God is wrong. The fact that it works does not mean it's correct. Are you with me? Because a lot of people say, but it works. It's not good enough. God told Moses, speak to the rock. He struck it, but water still came out. 
If it's results you are looking at, you will be missing the point. So he says, speaking to yourselves in Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord. That's in Ephesians. The word melody is salo, which means the striking of a stringed instrument. Okay? And what that basically means is just making melody to the Lord in your heart. It doesn't, um, a pastor defined melody as a wordless, lyricless tune to the Lord, basically, paraphrasing. And that's what making melody to the Lord is. It doesn't have to have a Jim Jim. All it has to have is just melody. So when people sing things like Ah 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 somebody i just had a question in someone's heart you know you've been asking yourself that but all these occultic groups ekanka and the rest they chant too why are we doing it too this is it making melody melody the difference between many things most of the time is is the reason or where that worship stems from see in the old testament let me just wrap everything I'm saying in this statement. In the Old Testament, people worshipped, you know, from the physical things they could have. Hence, the worship was not true. Are you with me? Christ came and spoke to that woman and prophesied. Right now, we are the circumcision which what? Worship him in spirit. And our worship in the spirit is true worship. Now, every action we then take, you know, that stems from God at work in us is worship to the Father. Praise the Lord. So, songs are just one of the many ways we worship Him. And if our songs are going to be accurately worship songs, they have to be doctrinally accurate. Doctrinally. Praise the Lord. Our songs are supposed to be as detailed enough to become teachings. That you can read the lyrics and you will know what Christ has done. Have you read in Christ alone? You read it. You are like, Mm-mm. this is this is salvation. Or kerygma. You just read steadfast grace anthem or steadfast love. Glory to God. If our worship is to be is going to be accurate, our doctrine must be accurate. Praise the Lord. And that's why we study so our worship can be accurate. Hallelujah. Okay.
So this is what we're going to do. I just have, a, okay, I have two minutes. See, um, child of God, the Bible says, I think it's Zephaniah 3. He said he's singing over you with rejoicing. It was prophetic speak, of course. But that is when Paul spoke to the entire church and he said, Psalms, hymns, so making melody to the Lord in your heart. Why did he write it to the entire church? Because you can do it. Amen? You can do it. Some of you might have never sang a spiritual song before. See, what is a spiritual song? Song better of the Spirit. What is rejoicing in the Spirit? Rejoicing for the things of the Spirit or in direction of the Spirit. So, you can clap for anything. You can jump and shout when your team scores, but that's not rejoicing in the Spirit. So, Pastor Maya said it this way, that emotions can just be vain. They can just be emotions. Emotions can just be there, but they become of the spirit when they are directed to that cause or they stem from that cause. People faint, but then there's falling under the power. I get it where I'm going with that. So, listen, a lot of people overthink it when it comes to spiritual things. That's why you've not given a word of knowledge before, because you today think I'm. You understand? So when you see people saying, I see, I did you, you are thinking LED screen. Just appear, you'll just be seeing it. Or when Paul prophesying, you are thinking they are reading it from somewhere. The Lord says, Lord, wait, go back a little. No. So also, child of God, when it comes to the things of the spirit, even spiritual songs, you are the one that is going to just give expression. It might just be a tune, it might just be a lyric, you give it expression. And most times it's as you take the first step the rest will now begin to form. I trust you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. For more ministry content, visit niministries.org. God bless you.